Awesome. Well, good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing? Hey, good? Man, I'm excited. I've had like seven cups of coffee today, so I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, our second service of the day. My name is Clayton. Just like Noah said, I'm the pastor here at Central. Uh, if you'd like to follow along with today's message, QR codes everywhere on the screens. Just take out your phone and scan that. It'll take you right to the, the notes um, for today. And uh, today's a special day because this is, this is our second time um, uh, uh, for us to change up the way we've been doing our, our Sunday morning experience. So right now there's a small group, there's small groups meeting all over the campus and they were in the first service and um, now you guys are here and for a lot of y'all you were in your small groups earlier so we had this big switch and it's been awesome. I just want to say thank you on behalf of the staff and the leadership here at Central. Thank you for being a part of this change. We believe that it is going to be one of the the biggest moments um, in, for, for us as a church in a long, long time, this, this change that we we're making um, as a church. I mean, the first service, y'all don't get to see it, but the first service is almost just as full as, as our second service is. It's, it's amazing. In fact, there's not enough room in here for all of us to meet just at one time. So we're already past that. We're excited that we have two services, and we're already planning for three. I don't know. <laughs> no, just, we're getting ready for it. And I expect great things that God is going to do some, some awesome stuff in us and through us. And so, again, just thank you um, for being here because our church is on a journey. And we're on week two of that journey. And, uh, in fact, we're on week two of this journey that we've been looking at in the, the, the Bible, in the book of Genesis, and about this guy named Ab- Abram. And so we're going to be looking at that today. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis um, chapter 17. And we're looking at this, this idea of, of moving from wandering around to actually winning. And we're going to be talking about that as a church and for you um, personally. But we're talking about that in the, the life of, of Abram. Because he was, on this, he was on this journey and God called him to do something. We talked about it we talked about it last week that God called him to choose this incredible life that God had planned for him. And he had to choose that over a comfortable life. And so last week we talked about how you've got to make that choice as well. Whether you're going to choose comfort or calling for your life. Well, Abram said yes to God and to what God was calling him to do. And so he, he left everything he knew, everything that was comfortable in his life, and he went. And he went to the land of, of Canaan. And before he left, God gave him this promise. And promises kind of get a bad rap today because for all of us, we've broken promises, haven't we? I mean, especially when we are are little, someone will tell us a secret and they say, don't tell anybody. You're like, yes, I promise. Like, pinky swear, I won't do it. And what do we do? We go to this next person. We're like, hey, I got to tell you something. But you got to promise not to say anything, right? And so that's how rumors get started, right? And, uh, and we, we break promises all the time. And so promises kind of get this, this bad rap um, in, in our culture. But back then, God made this promise to Abram. And what's different is, is that God never breaks his promises. And so this is a big deal. And his promise was this, that he said, Abram, I'm going to give you all this land. As far as you can see, you and your descendants are going to have all this land. And I did say descendants. You don't have any kids yet, but I'm also promising you a bunch of people, okay? Um, a family line that's going to be bigger than you can even imagine. Now, Abram is getting old. I mean, he is, he's 99 years old, and he has no kids, right? He has no kids with his wife, and he's just like, I don't know how this is going 
to happen. And he promises, God promises Abram that he's going to have a, a son. And through that son, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And he says, you know what? You're going to have so many descendants. You're not going to just have one kid. You're going to have so many descendants that it's going to, look up at the night sky. It's going to be more numerous than all of the stars out there. And so it was time for Abram. This is a turning point in his life. He's old dude. He's been around. It's a turning point in his life that he's got to eventually stop just listening to what God is saying, and he's got to do something. Here's what he has to do. He has to embrace the promise, this promise that God has given him. And for him to go from wandering to winning, he's got to embrace the promise. And we got to do the same thing. What does that mean? It means to, to take hold of it, these promises of God, to accept them in faith. And that's going to be today's theme for us, for us as a church, but also for you in your life and in your family. So let's see how Abram embraced the promise. So if you have Bibles, Genesis chapter 17, it'll be up on the screen here if you don't want to look in your Bible. But here's what it says. When Abram was a super old dude, when he was 99 years old, <laughs> that's a Clayton's interpretation, right? The Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. So serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. And I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. So that is the promise. And the Bible says, at this, Abram fell face down on the ground. So God is saying, hey, Abram, this is who I am. This is what I'm calling you to do, okay? And this is what I promise that I will do. What's happening is, is he's giving Abram, God is giving Abram a covenant, okay? That's, so I'm using the word promise, but it's pretty much the same thing. It's it's the, the Old Testament covenant that God is making with, with Abram. And what he says is this, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Now that's some Amy Grant kind of stuff going on up in here. If any of y'all, you know what I'm talking about with that El Shaddai song. Anybody singing that in their head right now? Okay, all right. But that's where Amy Grant got that song from, because from that Old Testament scripture right there. He, God, what God is saying, he's saying, man, I'm big enough, and I am strong enough to handle all of your problems. I've got this. You can, you can count on me. This is who I am. And he asks Abraham, kind of says, will you live for me? Because of who I am, will you live for me? And if you do, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a covenant with you, this agreement where I'm going to give you countless descendants. And at that, the Bible says that Abraham, or Abram, he fell on his face. And I think it's probably pretty natural for him to, to do that. Maybe a couple reasons he did that. Maybe it was because he was overwhelmed at the offer. That's an amazing offer that God just made. But also I think it's because it seemed impossible. The odds were stacked against Abram. Right, he's, he's 99 years old. He doesn't have any kids with his wife. Sarah, his wife, is 90 years old. Like, they are not planning for kids. I mean, this is just not something they're doing at that age. And yet God says, I've got a plan for you. And Abraham's trying to embrace this promise, but I don't think he knew how. He wasn't sure how. And so what he does is he, he falls on his face. And if you think about it, I think this is what God was trying to say when he's talking about I am El Shaddai. I think what God was trying to say in the middle of this is that here's what you got to do. 
If you want to embrace the promise, you got to do this. you got to live like you can't lose. That's what you got to do. If you're going to embrace the promises of God, he's specifically talking to Abram. If you're going to embrace the promise that I have for you, this promise that seems impossible, you've got to live like you can't lose. You see, Abram, he was wandering around, and he was already living like he had lost. But God is not timid. He is not scared. Even though the odds seemed like they were stacked against Abram and even stacked against God's promises, God's saying, I am El Shaddai, right? I am God Almighty. And I believe God is calling you the same, to the same thing, to live like you can't lose. Because honestly, with God, you can't lose, right? He holds the results of your future. He holds all of your problems in his hand and says, I can handle it. And Abr- Abram, what he, what he did is he figured this out. He began to live like he couldn't lose. So what he did is, the Bible says that's faith. He trusted God. Now, it's one thing to trust God with, like, philosophically or with your mind or even just audibly say, oh, I trust God. But it's another thing to actually live that out with action, to put yourself in positions where it's not up to you anymore and God's got to show up. And that's exactly what Abram did. He said, you know what? I'm going to go and I trust you. The New Testament even talks about it. Look at what happens in Romans chapter 4. I have it up on the screen here. There's a passage in Romans that talks about Abram and what he did. Now, it's going to call him by a different name, but it says, Abraham, get this, he never wavered in believing God's promise. I mean, he, he, didn't, he didn't shy away from that. He, he embraced it. It said, in fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. What he did is he, he trusted God, and he, he lived his life like he already had won, like he already had the victory. How many of you guys are Dallas Cowboys fans? Okay, playoffs are going on, crazy games last night in the NFL. Cowboys play tomorrow night, Monday night football, prime time, playing the Buccaneers. How many of you guys are confident that they're going to win? Nobody? Okay. All right, so you might be, a, you might be a, a Cowboys fan. You're like, I want them to win, but I'm kind of like, Dak may throw like four interceptions. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Tom Brady's on the other side, right, the GOAT. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. When the Cowboys get into the playoffs. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Texas guy. I'm a Cowboys fan my whole life. And just, they know how to disappoint, okay? And so, you know, and, and so you are, you, you go into that as a fan. You're hoping that they win, but you are kind of like, eh, they're probably going to lose. Now, that's different. That's different than when a fourth grader walks up to you and says, hey, I challenge you to a game of ping pong. And I'm like... Okay, sure, you know. I, I have a different kind of confidence. And so I get up there left-handed. I'm like, I, I got this kid. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing, okay. And I finally switch to right hand. I'm just like, boom, boom, right? And I just, I just smoke him. That's a different level of confidence. I know I'm walking into that situation knowing there's no way I'm going to lose. Right? That's the difference. Abraham, Abram lived as if he couldn't lose, as if he already had the victory. And God, I believe, is asking us to do the same thing. But our story isn't done, okay? So he says, hey, you got to live like you can't lose. Like you've already won. And then the story continues. So go back to Genesis 17. Here's what the story says. God speaks again and says, this is my covenant with you. This is my promise, okay? I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. And what's more, get this, he says, I am changing your name. 
It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you'll be called Abraham, for you'll be the father of many nations. Now, when we name our kids, there's usually like three criteria. We're either going to name our kid with a name that means something, that maybe is honoring someone, like a, a relative, or we just come up with a name that's like really cool, you know? And we make sure we spell it in a really unique way so that all the elementary school teachers hate us. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just kind of what we do. That's in our culture. That's how we name our kids. But back in the day, they would name their kids in a certain way because it meant something. Every name meant something. And in your town, in the place that you lived, in the community you lived, everybody knew what your name meant. And Abram's name, his old name meant something. It meant exalted father. You're like, well, that's, that's great. I mean, they named him that as a little kid. That's a weird name. But what I think what he was, what he was actually talking about was talking about his, his family line and how people viewed his father and his grandfather and his, what their family was known for. In essence, his name, his first name, was talking about his past. And he was pointing people to his past. And so God shows up. And gives him a new name. He says, I'm changing your name. And for someone in, in like this ancient culture, when your name was changed, it was different than just getting a nickname. In fact, it was like a rewriting of your story, of your entire life. And God was saying, I'm giving you a completely new identity. And so he calls, his, calls him Abraham, which means father of a multitude. And so his name has nothing to do with his past, and it points to his future. And here's the deal. For some of us, the focus of your life needs to change. The same way. For a lot of us, we are dwelling on our past, and our past defines us. And instead of looking into the future, we, we are always constantly looking into our past with, to give us meaning and purpose. And it's, it shouldn't be that way. Like, you know, I'm talking about your past. I mean, there's some good things that happened in our past, but for most of us, there's some struggles that are in our past. There's some things that are hurtful in our past. For some of us, we've had abusive childhoods. And you like to forget about those, those times. And sometimes they're so abusive that you have just naturally forgot about those. You repress those feelings. But deep down inside, that kind of defines who you are. And you look at yourself as not good enough. And you'll be forever scarred. For some of us, we've had difficult marriages, and that's defined who we are. For all of us, we've got regret. We've got, it says that your past doesn't define you. Your future does. In fact, Philippians chapter 3 says, forget about it. Forget about the past. Instead, look towards the future, and it goes on to say that your future is in Christ. And this was a, this was a turning point for Abraham, and I'm not going to call him Abram anymore because that dude is gone. Right? That way of life is gone. Those mistakes are in the past, and he has this, he has this new identity. In fact, Abram, Abraham now, he has, he's a new man, right? He's completely different. And God has given him this, this chance to embrace this promise that he's given him. So what, do he wants, what does he want him to do? He wants, you to, wants him to hold on to it, to embrace it, but also to hold on to this, this new name. And for all of us, we must do the same thing. In fact, look at this. To embrace the promise, here's what you have to do. 
you got to remember your name. Not your old name, but your new name. You see, in the New Testament, this happened several times. You have, you have a guy named Simon who was a disciple of Jesus. And for any of us who have been in church for any while, we, we know that Simon didn't keep that name. In fact, Jesus gave him a new name, which was Peter. And Peter had a, had a meaning behind that, which was the rock. He says, I'm going to build my church upon you. I mean, that's a great privilege. And Jesus says, I don't care about your past. I don't care about your mistakes. And, man, Simon had a lot of them. He says, I've got a future for you. This is your new identity. We all know about Saul. He was a guy that, that hated Christians. He was a Jew. Hated Christians. He was persecuting and killing Christians. I mean, that was his identity. That was his name. In the middle of, of the New Testament, he ends up going on to write a huge portion of the New Testament. His name change, changes to Paul. And I don't know if you knew this. God didn't change his name. Like, after his conversion, Jesus still called Saul, Saul. But something happened in the book of Acts where it says, Saul, who is also known as Paul. And from that point on, the rest of Scripture, his name is Paul. Saul was his Jewish name. It defined his past. Paul was his Roman name. He had two names. But he said, you know what? I want, I want everybody to know me as, as Paul because God has given me a new identity and a new purpose. In fact, I think that's why God gives us these new names. And I think that's why God did this in, in the Bible because he wants people to realize that, that he has a new mission for them, to embrace this new mission. You see, people in this world, they, they identify differently than Christians do. People in this world, we, we, they identify maybe by their family heritage. They People may identify by their job, by their ethnicity, by their social status. That's how the world kind of identifies themselves. That's, that's, who they, that's how they know who they are. But for all of us right here in this room or watching online who are in Christ, we have been made new. What the Bible says is this is what defines us now, just like what happened to Abraham. And look, in fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, one of the most famous passages in all the Scripture, says this, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. That's a pivotal statement in all of human history. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. You see, as a follower of Jesus, we have new names. What are we called? Well, we're called disciples. We're called saints, which I think is kind of funny, but the New Testament calls us saints. It'd be weird if we called ourselves saints right now. Like, like we're, we seem like we're not very saintly sometimes, but the, the Bible calls us that. We're also called believers. We are called witnesses. We are called God's church. One of the best names I think we have is, is Christians. We are, we are Christians. Now, when the first church was called Christians, when the first believers were called Christians, it was not a good thing. That was like a derogatory statement that the world called these, this group of people. But we've embraced it, and I love it, that we are different than the world. We are Christians. When I was a teenager, I got my first job at, at a grocery store called Albertsons. Okay, You've maybe never been to one. For some reason, they put me in the deli. And the deli was, like, dangerous. They had this giant, like, slicer thing, looked like a, a saw, and, like, I had to cut, you know, the, the, the different pieces of meat and stuff like that. There was a, a frying section where I had to fry all this chicken, and I'm like, I am not qualified um, for this job. For some reason, they put me there, and I had this name tag, and it said, Clayton. And underneath it, it was like, 
the dude that has no idea what he's doing, right? I mean, just be patient with him. No, it doesn't, didn't say that. I don't know, can't remember what it said, like deli specialist. I don't know what it said. But, but for some of us, that's how we view our life in Christ, that it's just like this name that we put on ourselves that we can take off. It's more than just a name. It is an identity. That your old way of life is gone. In fact, God doesn't care about it anymore. He's looking to the future. And you should as well. So here's my question for us today. Have you embraced God's promises in your life? The New Testament talks about Abraham and says this about him. Let me go back to Romans chapter 4. Here's what it says about Abraham. Abraham was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. That's different than just hope. That's different than just maybe kind of one foot in the door in faith. The Bible says Abraham jumped fully into and embracing this promise that God had for him. He said, I don't know how you're going to do it, God. I don't know how you're going to fix it. I got a lot of problems. I got a, a past that's defined me, but I trust you. The Bible says that he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And I love this. It says, and because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit, okay? Guess what? It was recorded for our benefit too. Assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we do something, okay? If we believe in him. Believe in God that he did something for us. The one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. My question is, have you embraced that? Have you embraced God's promises? The ultimate promise that God has for you is that he will pay for your sins, and he will give you eternal life if you put your faith in Jesus. Who died for you? If you have not done that, I pray that today you might do that. You say, you know what? I don't have the Bible all figured out, but I don't want my past to define me anymore. I want to be a new creation. I want, to, I want a, a restart. And God promises that he will give you that restart and define you in a different way. And give you this future that you know you can't lose. You've already won, right? For those who have done that, for most of us probably in this room who say, you know what, I've trusted in Jesus. we got to stop wandering around in this life. Like, I think a lot of us, God has made us new and called us to something different. And we're just kind of going through the motions. And to move from wandering to winning, we got to do something. we got, we got to start winning. What I mean by that is we got to start making a difference in other people's lives. we got to start making our lives count. Instead of just counting the days until the weekend, instead of just counting the days till next vacation, or ultimately the days till retirement, you know what I'm saying? we got to start making our lives count. And when we do that with this freedom that God gives us, then we're like Abraham with a new identity moving forward. That's, that's, that's what God is, is calling us to today. And ultimately, as a, as a church, 
He's calling us to not just be attenders, but to be disciples. And more than that, to be disciple makers. And I pray that for you, if you're, if you're the guest here today or you're a longtime attender, I, I thank you for being here. It's awesome that you're here. But I pray that you don't just come here just to be entertained. I pray that you come here not just for coffee. I pray that you come here to be encouraged and challenged to go out and live your life for him. To be a disciple maker. To live like you can't lose. Like you've already won. And to embrace this new name that God has given you. This new identity. Man, if we would do that, your life would be changed. And the people around you, their lives would be changed. That is my prayer for you. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for everyone in this room. I thank you for everyone that is watching or listening right now. Lord, I ask that you would move in the hearts of those who are far from you, that have never embraced that promise. They don't have Jesus in their life. Who have a past that defines them, and they're scared about the future. I pray that they would trust in you today. They put their faith in you, that Jesus, you came to this earth, lived a perfect life, and died on the cross to pay for their sins, the penalty for their sins, and that you rose from the grave, just as Scripture says, to give them a new life, and a new identity. And we thank you, God, for the promises that you give us. And I pray for everyone in this room who's already a believer in Jesus, I pray they'd be encouraged today, they'd be challenged today to not just go through the motions. They'd stop wandering around in this life. They'd start making a difference. That they would have this freedom that Jesus gives us. They would embrace that and live in it. That's the promise you give us, that we've already won. You have the ultimate victory in our lives. You have the ultimate victory in our culture, in our society. You have the ultimate victory around the world for all of time. I pray, God, that we can trust you in that. And we give us freedom to live for you, to embrace the new name that you've given us, the new identity. We would lay our past down and move forward. Thank you for that truth that we find today in Scripture and in Abraham's life. Help us to live that out, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today for Central Online. We hope that this was a fantastic way for you to kick off 2023. If you made a decision for Christ today, let us know. We want to celebrate with you. Email us at prayer at cbcawaso.org and let us know what's going on. We are so excited for what God has in store this year. 2023 will truly be a year where Jesus changes everything. And I hope that you'll join us.